This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. Libby, I haven't seen you in I such know. a long time. How are you? It's been a while since we've been together in studio. It has been. It's felt like a long time. How's it been going? Uh, last week was Joel Stransky. Damn! I don't know if you can get better than that. Oh, we can't say that in front of our guests. I know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Who's <laughs> making a stand and I like it? It's just a different vibe, different energy. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And it's always great to have you in studio because Thanks. you do bring a fantastic energy. Thanks. Libby, just introduce the, the show to those who may not have heard it before. Please. Dun, 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 dun. You know what? I'm actually going to subscribe to the norm. A lot of people ask Gareth, they want to know the process of entrepreneurship, the process to be a big, successful executive, the process of a startup. So hopefully today with our guest, you know, through your experience and knowledge and expertise, help us as future CEOs get to that X, Y, Z mark in our careers and our businesses. Give us norms and processes of how to establish good entrepreneurship tools and skills and make us and develop us into being and reaching our full potential. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little bit more formal. Formal. That is what the show is all about. Yeah, yeah. Really, we, we, we bring guests into the studio and we assist uh, really with uncovering, pulling out, drawing out their expertise to help you at uh, who are in your businesses or in your careers trying to expedite these things, move them uh, to the next level. Uh, who do we have in studio today? And uh, Frank, I'm sorry, we did say Joel was in studio <laughs> last week. It might not get better, but but you're very very experienced. Correct. Uh, an entrepreneur. You also are the CEO of uh, what is quite a, a an important brand here in South Africa from a, a digital reach perspective because of what you guys are doing. To just please introduce yourself to our future CEOs, listeners, and then we're going to start questioning you. Uh, we hope you. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Frank. Hi. Uh, Chlibi, Gareth, thanks for having me on the show. It's a, it's a great opportunity. I must say, the first thing I felt when I walked into your office was an enormous vibe. <clears throat> and I think, you know, it, it shows in the people, and, and you can see this is a successful business mm. just by the vibe. And, and these are things that when you get deeper into it, um, make a business. But but myself, I'm the CEO of Zinia. We are an ISP and telecommunications company. ISP and what does that mean? And telecommunications. So it's an internet service provider okay. and telecommunications. And uh, we were we were born out of running our own wireless company, our own wireless network. And along the route, we've learned a lot of things. But I've also been entrepreneur other ventures before Zinia came around. And because of those experiences, yeah. Zinia is what it is today. Take us... Prior to that, okay. were you ever in the corporate world? When did you decide, no, I want to create my own destiny? I want to be my own boss. I want to fulfill my own dreams. When did that switch happen? So I went and I started in the telecommunications and uh, I had a little stint at the Department of Post and Telecommunications and that culture fit wasn't for me. And Correct. I realized it very early on and I disappeared. Mm. And I'd done a thing called uh, the army for a little stint. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, then I went into the corporate world and I worked for a company called ACB. And I started as a network support, literally answering phones and helping people. So at the coalface, really? At the coalface. Just no one. And, and fortunately enough, it was owned by the bank. So I got some technical training on that. And I, and mm. I and became very good at that. I then went to a company called uh, Vanco, which was value-added network company. It was the first network company that done outsourcing in South Africa. And at a young age, at 22, 3, I, I looked up at these directors of this organization and I thought, 
what makes them different from me? Why can't I be these guys one day? And I was only 23. And I thought, jeez, oh, I've, I've got to get there. I have to get there. So I started asking them questions and found out how they'd gone and went and established their own business, which was, which was good for me. I then left EDS and I went to a company called Atio Corporation and I was doing extremely well. I was headhunted as, as a technical manager and I was approached by some mates who said, guys, we've got this idea. Um, can we do our own business? Now, I was very efficient in technical um, configurations, etc., and also running a technical team. But there was something so deep inside of me, mm. I had to do it. I left a job paying probably 40 grand a month to security go Security of cash, right. security mm. of salary. That's right. Ah. And the biggest thing was I just couldn't stop myself. I went on earned 10K a month, and I had to go and experience what it was like to determine your own destiny. But uh, this was at, at the age of 25, so we're not talking yes, about uh, correct. later on in your career, no. all sorts of security items, you know, there's no paid for house, these kinds of things, I'm assuming. Correct. And you, you left, you, you said you felt it within you. Can you describe that though? Because what I do would, would hate to do is put yes. out into the world, into the ether that yeah. if you have this feeling that you must just go. Yeah. So surely there was something that was pointing you in that direction. Uh, you must have been speaking to people that said you can because you, you've got X, Y, and Z uh, available to you. What, 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 tell us a little bit more about that, please. Gareth, ironically, uh, in those days, people don't really encourage you. Maybe they see it as a challenge. Mm. So in my specific case, it definitely was something internal. And it was more of, I don't see how we can do the same math sums. I was great at sport. What makes you different from me? Mm. I'll tell you what it was. It was the doing. Mm. It wasn't the thinking and sitting there. It was the doing, getting up mm. and actually doing Action, it. action, action. That's right. And and that was the difference. So I really did have this, this inner ability. And I had people that believed in me and said, okay, go ahead and do it. But the strange thing for me was I personally couldn't stop it. It was something I had to do. So what I've heard you say is that you had technical ability, number Correct. one. Then you then you went out and you did. You didn't just think and speak and theorize. You were actually doing. And I, I wonder how many businesses nowadays or young entrepreneurs are out there who overthink and they, they overdo this business planning thing when they don't just go out and do and then, what do they call it, iterate while you do. It sounds like that was part of your journey. Correct. And not only that, you didn't got to change the way you do it. You've now got to go and get the customer yourself. Mm. You know, I was in a, in a technical support role and I'd, I was at the coalface getting customers in terms of when I worked in the corporate world. I was a pre-sale support kind of person. Um, and again, it just led to me thinking, gee, but I can do this myself. I'm actually doing a sale. Um, but it's very different when you get out there and then you pick up the phone mm. and you start phoning and you're saying, can I come and see you mm. and can I pitch my product to you? Mm. Tell and us about that's where the journey really starts. Tell us. Tell, yeah, tell us nice. a story. This tell is getting juicy. Yeah, tell this us, is, tell us your first story. This is where the journey really starts. <laughs> so one of my first clients was um, African Bank. Uh, in those days, it was called Unite, United Financial Services before African Bank bought them out. And unbeknown to me, they were a massive group. Now, my background Cisco, and everyone knows Cisco. It's a massive brand. And uh, I went to this group, and I said, yeah, I, can, I can deliver you Cisco um, on pricing that no one else can deliver effectively, and I can support it. And not only that, I can do your infrastructure for your branches. And then I pitched them, and I got the order. I didn't have the capital. My first order was a 2.5 million rand order. 
Okay, wow. I went to a customer, I went to a supplier that I knew, and I said, I have the order. Can you please give me the equipment with no capital? They believed in me. They supplied the equipment, and that's how my, that's how my business started. Why did they believe in you? Because of my technical ability. So okay. I, I had the, the ability to put a network together, mm. network architecture, and design it for that business at that time. And, and then the next question is, how did they know you had that technical ability? Purely in the presentation, my, my certificates, my deliverables, Correct. and everything I've done. So if you're technical and you're in that environment, then the mm. guys knew about it. And also you connect with it. It's funny, but technical guys connect with technical guys. It's such an important point that you raise. You know, the, the people that know can suss out the people that don't know very, 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 very quickly. So don't go in purporting that you know when actually you don't. 100%. I'll tell you what did eventually happen with that client. They were eventually bought up by African Bank. And uh, eventually the chief, the CIO, he was the director of Unity Financial Services. And eventually um, you guys came on board and they said to me, listen, you supplied us through the years. It, it, it became a client for mine for two or three years. Mm. Lots of turnover. And uh, they said, uh, how big's your business? I said, well, uh, a couple of us. <laughs> and they said, well, do you really think you have the capability? Mm. And then was another lesson. When I had the chance to get more people on mm. and grow, mm. I didn't really maximize that opportunity with that customer. Why? Um, I was very comfortable. You know, it, it was, I was having my first child in those days and I mm. used to go and play a lot of golf and, and I spent a lot of time with, with my firstborn. Um, Looking back, was that a good or bad decision? Um, I don't regret it. Of course. And you mm. learn from every journey. You know, what do you take away from it is, is your experience. I love it. We like this. We connected. We bonded. Um, mm. But by the same token, it, it's taught me lessons further in life. That when you have opportunity, sometimes you got to get the balance a little bit more correct. No, so, no, you, that's you, so, oh, I love sorry, that. no, no, no. I mean, uh, coming from a place where, you, you know, we all bring different personal experiences to our business mm. and different life journeys to our business and me being a 39 year old and being a woman and being black it's about family you know it's about wanting to spend time with the family but at the same time I'm at an age where I've got to diversify and I want to spread my wings and I need to learn and I need um, people in my business to reach their full potential so it's being the wife and the mother and being the successful career woman so as I say your life stage in a business it varies from person to person but i think we all want the same goal is to strike that work-life balance and if that actually truly does exist did it exist for you does it exist for you i think it does and i think it's very personalized you know some people can can comfortably spend two weeks away from their children i'm not one of those people so i don't judge anyone who, who does i don't understand it because i'm not like that but the world wouldn't be the place it is if we were all the same. Mm. So for me, some people are comfortable to do it, and they may have their reasons. They may have um, a wife that is not a career woman that stayed home, and they're comfortable because they sacrifice their time to give to their kids. Um, so it's very individualistic. I can see you're the kind of person who believes in having happy employees. Correct. What does that mean to you? Okay, so what it means is people must come to work, and they must enjoy their environment. And along the way um, – you and that's to believe in your strategy of your business. Hundred percent. Yeah. So strategy. Look at how I'm sitting on the table. Yeah. I'm getting so comfortable. <laughs> you are getting very comfortable. <laughs> Strate strategy yeah. is enormously key. And, and if yeah. we're going to some business chat, 
Let yeah. me tell you that, that when you set a business, you've got to have goals and objectives. I promise you it's probably the singular most important thing. And then measure those goals and objectives. Even if you're a small business, you have to know what you're setting out to achieve. And you have to know what your goal is. Look, I, what I've learned um, over just a few years, I mean, I'm still a spring chicken, I guess, uh, in business is that directional clarity really does do everything. It's, and some people will call it focus. I think that's what you're talking about here. Yeah? And that's what objectives do. It gives you directional clarity. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about where I am now, which is Zinnia. And when Warren was the founder and then when, when I joined Zinnia, uh, him and his other business partner had created Zinnia and they, they'd done a multiple things. And when I joined, we focused the business solely on what we'd done. Yes, mm. we do multiple things okay, now. Okay. But Warren and I agreed that we needed to focus the business to bring it back in line, to get it on track. And, and it worked extremely well for us. And there's a lot of things along the way that we learned and we changed that as well. That resonates with you and I. Which, which is, not? which is brilliant. But you know, you've got to have the ability to keep looking and re-looking at your business. You have to. Because if you don't, you're not going to stay alive. You know, you've seen it, the, the most successful companies now come up and, and disappear in five years. Some of them stay longer in terms of the, the quick companies. But we we decided we're going to be this in for the long haul, uh, be in it for the long haul. Tell us more about the employees. So let me get back to the employees. So employees must be happy. And when you interview them and when you see them, for me, yes, our, our qualifications are great. But I love attitude. If you have the right attitude in life, you can probably achieve anything you want. What is it? Employ for attitude or and and train skill. That's it. Absolutely. That's, that's we've heard that. And before. sometimes along the way, you realise that uh, the person wasn't quite suitable, perhaps for that role. But then have the guts to tell them and move them into a different role because if they got that happy culture, I promise you, it resonates to the organisation. Again, when I walked in here, you get a certain vibe, and I promise you, it's amazing how your instincts when you walk into an organisation, you can feel straight away. You know, if you just listen to your instincts a little bit, you can actually get a feel for who that organization is. So there's some old school, what I call old school organizations that are regimented mm. and they run regimented and you can kind of feel it from the minute you walk in and the way they deal with you, and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get younger, vibier people. But I also say that if you find people that are happy and you look after them and you give them direction and that's even so goals and clarity for your business and goals and vision is absolutely important. But what about your employees? You know, they also need direction. They also need to be told clearly what they need to do, and they need to be recognized for it, and they need to be measured on it too because it gives them a self-achievement as well. I was about to say, I think the only thing better than having really good goals and vision is to have really well-communicated goals and vision. Absolutely. I think that's what you just said here. Absolutely. So let's jump back into your journey. You've done this a few times now, built a couple of successful businesses. Then Zinnia came along. You, you You bought in as a shareholder, as Correct. I understand. You're now the CEO. Correct. There's a big difference between between being an entrepreneur often and being a CEO. Correct. Uh, so tell us about some of those nuanced, interesting differences that you've discovered. Okay. So an entrepreneur, you can kind of almost fly by the seat of your pants. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you're a smaller organization and everything is on your shoulders. So whether you succeed or fail, uh, it doesn't matter because it, it's up to you. When you start becoming bigger and, and, and a CEO is, is, a, is just a title. Um, you have a function to the business. The business is Zinnia. Mm. You must perform for that company. And you also have a role and responsibility. And that's the difference with a CEO. A CEO really has, has responsibility to look after his people and look after the organizational goals and objectives. 
And that's a very different thing when you drive it right throughout the organization compared to just being an entrepreneur flying by the seat of your pants. Today I'll wake up, I'll do this. Um, yes, I get a couple of deals. Um, I've got a great idea here, there. When you start growing to a bigger organization, you absolutely need those structures in place. And it's important to understand the growth from zero to five million, five mm. to I'd say 15, mm. 15 to 30, mm. 30 to 70. There's different requirements. Yeah, these are different phases. In absolutely. Your massive, massively yeah. different requirements, as you mentioned. So one thing we realized about that is that middle management, we talk about people again. We realized at about 30 million that we weren't going to expand much further if the two of us had to keep making all the decisions. Mm. And we didn't have help along the way. So we purposely employed people in that layer that to manage take, people. And take on responsibility more effectively. You know, one of the biggest things about being a CEO Tell and me. a leader Tell us. is the ability to make a decision. Yeah. It's absolutely make a decision. So many people you'll find they just can't make a decision. I've heard this before. And, I've heard and, this before. And, and they, they said, Make a decision, whether you're wrong or right, uh, deal with it. Crunch but, time. But just make a decision. You can't just sit yeah. in this flux mode not doing anything. No, it's how you learn. Mm. How you learn and give people the opportunity to make decisions. Okay, mm. but now I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Because I love this combo. giving people responsibility <laughs> yes. is not an easy task. <laughs> how, do, how did you let go? How do you, how do you let go? Speak to all the micromanagers out there and possibly in studio. <laughs> so, 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 so what you do is you go on golf tour for a week. And then come back and see, see the chaos. <laughs> Correct. Now you, it, it's a very planned thing and you're dead right. It is very difficult to let go. Mm. It is very difficult. So, so you got to be comfortable with how you start letting go. And once you've made that decision, again, then do it. You know, you can't be half in, half out. You actually have to go ahead and say, right, I've employed you for a reason. I pay you X amount for a reason. This is now your responsibility. And guess what? They learn and they grow fast. They grow and they learn really quick. Who's the Apple Apple founder, Apple CEO, um, Steve Jobs? Jobs, He said, uh, "We don't employ smart people so that we can tell them what to do. We employ smart people so they can tell us what to do." That's I think that's what I hear you saying here. Correct. And you know, when you give your your employees a voice. Um, you'll be surprised how much you can learn from them mm. because sometimes you can over-process, you can over-analyze, and sometimes they come along and they simplify it for you or sometimes they come up with something you just didn't realize. Um, but it's funny when you get more removed from your business. I used to know every single detail that was going on in our business. I now know it on a reporting level, but on a daily level, I do not know. And, and it, and it Is takes it a better place to be? Uh, it is a better place to be because we've grown people and mm. it's nice to see these people have Stand the ability Stand and they can move on and get better jobs if they want. Hopefully never move on, guys, <laughs> if you're listening. But yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it's good for them and it's good for you too. But there's nothing that gives you more pleasure than seeing smiles on faces and seeing, you know, we, we employ 50 people and we know we give people an opportunity to grow and, to grow and we give them livelihood and they in turn, and that is the most important thing is your people just by the way. They really are because they I deliver your message. I always talk about the people. I always, I'm very passionate about yeah. that. Um, business. Yeah. Let's talk about ethics mm-hmm. and values and honesty. Okay. What so, does that mean to you? So. The good stuff, Frank. So, the good stuff. Yeah, so, and the bad. So there is some bad. bad. yeah. There is some bad and there is always mostly good. And I think it's important to understand the people that you have around you. Uh, and you get to know the people. So your partners and your ethics as a leader comes through. And you always make the right decision. Uh, 
And, and it's about that. It's not about, uh, if we lose a bitcher and we gain a bitcher. It's about making the right decision at the end of the day. And I don't think, you know, in terms of people values and staff and, and getting that message through, it runs through from the top down. And it depends how you implement that in your organization. You've got to have checks and balances along the way just to make sure that you have that balance right as well. Mm. But um, you always assume people are going to be ethical. You always assume people are going to do the right thing, which cannot change it to a different subject, mm. um, which reminds me, when you do start a business, some of the most important things you can do, yeah. make sure you have contracts, guys. Some mm. of my, my learns along the way yep. is uh, handshake. Trust this guy implicitly, and yeah. guess what? There's no contract, mm. and it affects cash flow. Mm. He said, she said. He said, she said. But also, just and there's nothing wrong with it. People don't mind signing a contract if you're going to deliver what you say, then do it. But don't let people take more from you, so you out of pocket. Mm. And you know what happens when you're growing as a business? Sometimes you take an advantage of because you will deliver more just to get that payday. So this sounds like it's coming from a place of experience. So let Correct. me ask the question uh, because we uh, – can you look at the clock, Louie? Yes, um, I can. Yeah, no. Can you we, believe we've it? We've only got a few minutes. Can you oh, believe um, We're just getting warmed up. Yeah, time flies. Yeah. So uh, let, let's <coughs> ask the question. We'll do some quick fire questions perhaps okay. then. Okay. Uh, what is the biggest – and tell us a story. Uh, we don't just want to a hear, hear okay. a, a good old-fashioned story. What's the biggest mistake that you have made? Being a CEO, biggest mistake. Tell us the story. Sure. Being a CEO, I would say, in terms of CEO, maybe not as a CEO, in terms okay. of current title, but in terms of an entrepreneur, mm. I would say it is that. It is the contractual side of the business. Not getting what you've sold or what you're going to deliver put down in contracts and therefore not being able to get paid, which affects your cash flow. I've made other smaller mistakes along the way, but I'd say that's one of my biggest lessons. Mm. So guys out there, if you're going to do something, deliver a service, even deliver a product, get them to sign for what they're getting because I promise you once they've signed for it, then you can get your payment. Cool. Let me. Mm, you know my favorite question. Yeah. Let's go back in time. And yes. you're looking Frank in the mirror who's 20 years old. Yeah. Tell him about his journey and what not to swear about and what to focus on in life. Um, it's funny, I'm, I've always been a, a very positive person. I can see that. So from even, even when I've failed, I see that I've learned from it. Um, what would I change? Oh, gee, what would I have not focused on? Um, I don't focus on money. I focus on success. Mm. Um, I focus on, on being positive and happy. It's a choice. Every morning you wake up, you have a choice to be happy or sad. You actually have that choice. Doesn't matter who you are. Um, I can't say that I would change anything uh, and say this is what you should focus on. I've enjoyed every minute the along journey. the way, every minute along the way. Mm. So leadership, uh, three leadership uh, oh, yeah, characteristics, pillars, pillars, yes, pillars. pillars that you could say made you come this far in your life. Self-belief, obviously. You've got to have self-belief. Um and you and, and that gives you the ability to make decisions and, and see things and steer in different directions. You've got to have that. You've got to have foresight and be able to do that. Mm. You've got to have humility. You've got to have, uh, you know, you can't be that egotistical character. You've got to enjoy people. Mm. You, if you don't love people, then don't think you're going to lead people. You've got to love people. You have to absolutely that. do that. Mm. And and that's, that's very key. Uh, and the last one is fun. Celebrate your successes. You know, Everyone goes, but I mean, celebrate them. 
And everyone that knows me will tell you, oh, I don't mind the party. <laughs> and, I, and I love, and I love celebrating successes because, you know, we're only here for a short period. Great. So why not? You know, whether it's a bottle of wine or a party or whatever it is, whatever your way of doing it is. And depends on the financial goals as well. Gives you the ability to do some more stuff or other stuff, mm. you know. So, but celebrate. Just celebrate successes. Okay, then a final question from my side. And I think because of the time, maybe a final question for this conversation. Thank you so much, Frank. Thanks Pleasure. for Thank being you. here. Uh, what do CEOs actually do? Give it to us in one line. <laughs> what do CEOs actually do? They lead. Okay. They lead. They lead direction. They lead people. They lead decisions. They lead morals. They lead... Um, the feeling, mm. you know, the, the feeling that you walk up when you get here, mm. they lead culture and they have a very successful team around them. That's probably the best CEOs. Well, that's wow. the voice of Frank Mullen, the CEO of Zinnia. Frank, again, thank you so very much for joining us in studio and for sharing some of your journey and some of your insights with us. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to have to have him back. Hey, definitely, definitely. I've only scratched the surface to you, Mr. <laughs> Luby, tell everyone what we're doing after the break. If you thought I had a lot of energy, wait till we talk to this next powerhouse. She's driven, she's dynamic, and has more energy than me, me, mm. me. Stay tuned to Future CEOs. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.